This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And welcome to the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. I'm Freddie Coleman. He's Harry Douglas. Thanks for joining us on the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80. And always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. We got divisional playoff football happening this weekend. It all gets started at 4.30 Eastern time on Saturday. As the Baltimore Ravens, the number one seed in the AFC, they host the Houston Texans. The number four seed, the game begins at 4.30 Eastern time on ESPN, ABC, and ESPN+. Plus. But practically everybody, Harry Douglas, has that game circled at, 4:30, at 6.30 Eastern time on Sunday. Part three of the trilogy in the playoffs involving Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. For the first time in their playoff history, Patrick Mahomes will not have a home game. He's got to play this game on the road against the Buffalo Bills. And you can weigh in at Triple H say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Is Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen the best rivalry right now in the NFL? 888-729-3776. Mr. Douglas, Harrison and Harry's dad, what say you? No, it's not. Um, could it could it get to that point? Most certainly. But for me, it would be Patrick Mahomes versus Joe Burrow. Um, Joe Burrow is a quarterback that has been able to beat Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. He beat him in the AFC Championship game. Joe Burrow has had a Super Bowl appearance as well. When I look at Josh Allen, Josh Allen currently, he's 0-2 versus Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. But all that can change, Freddie. Mm-hmm. All that can change. Mm-hmm. This weekend, mm. up in Buffalo, okay. um, I think this is the best opportunity for Josh Allen to be a team led by Patrick Mahomes, which is the Kansas City Chiefs, because I don't feel like the Chiefs' offense is what we've known it to be uh, in prior years. Okay. And I believe Josh Allen being able to have Joe Brady and that balance offensively get, gives them the perfect opportunity to be able to knock the Kansas City Chiefs off and not give them an opportunity to repeat as champions in which they won the Super Bowl a year ago. So I'm going to go with Joe Burrow okay. and Patrick Mahomes. Okay. But these two quarterbacks, there's an opportunity for it to be. But right now, it, it's not in my opinion. Well, Sean McDermott, Bill's head coach, talked about both of these two guys having at it once again in the playoffs for the third time but this time in Buffalo, about the word respect. And that's where this all gets started between these two playing in the playoffs against each other again. I think it's built on respect. I don't really know Josh's and and Patrick's relationship, but it seems like they certainly respect each other uh, off the field. And then it seems like they have a great amount of respect for each other on the field as well. And I think that's great for the fans. It's great for those two as individual players as well. And they're at the tops of their profession overall. Again, I think it's just a a credit to, to certainly them, as I mentioned, but also to where we've gotten to as an organization and a team. And Sean McDermott's going to back up my point because Harry Douglas, you are so wrong. It is not Burrow versus Patrick Mahomes' best rival in the NFL. <gasps> We've seen so many more compelling games or compelling situations involving these two dudes, Josh Allen against Patrick Mahomes in the last three years, even in the regular season. We've seen these compelling things happen where both of these guys have played at the utmost level and been at a white-hot level against each other. I go back to that play in the regular season. Can you imagine what this game would look like? Because it could have been played in Kansas City. How could Darius Tony knew where he was supposed to line up and not try to blame the referees for telling him to line up in the proper spot? We'd have gotten another situation where this game would have been in Kansas City. But because he did that in that game versus Buffalo, that adds even added drama. And also when you have finally Patrick Mahomes having a chance to play a road playoff game, especially there, not Cincinnati, not Pittsburgh, there against that guy and that team and that fan base. I will say this, though. It's pretty cool that we got kind of a four square involving Burrow, Allen, Mahomes, 
and Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Because I'm betting on in the next five years, six years, maybe longer, that at a certain point we're going to get these kind of matchups involving these quarterbacks in playoff game situations. I can't wait to see what that's going to look like. But because we've seen so much and have reacted to so much involving Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen, for my money, that's more. And not saying Burrow and Mahomes not a rival. Oh, don't you worry. I'm, I'm not crazy. I'm about to get to you next. Okay. I'm about to get to you, Freddie right, Coleman. Right. Your rebuttal, counselor. I'm about to get to you. Your rebuttal, counselor. What's your rebuttal? Now, I think overall, if we're going to include the regular season and the playoffs with, between these two these two quarterbacks, um, I believe the record is tied three to three. But I can't help but you know point out that Josh Allen is 0-2 versus Patrick Mahomes. Now, when you look at a guy in Joe Burrow, overall in the four games, he's 3-1 and versus Patrick Mahomes and was able to beat him in Arrowhead Stadium in the AFC Championship game. So in order for this between Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen to be a rivalry, I would think in the playoffs, Josh Allen would have to have a victory first. That's just it's, my opinion. Okay, that's a fair point. I don't mind that point. I understand that point. But on the other side of that with Joe Burrow, they've both been in that same position. At least Joe Burrow's gotten to the Super Bowl. You're exactly right about that. But Josh Allen's had to deal with Patrick Mahomes a little bit more than Joe Burrow. True. And Joe Burrow's been able to win a playoff game in Patrick Mahomes' building. Or as I like to say, the game that Patrick Mahomes lost more than Joe Burrow won it. 24-3 lead at halftime, you can't lose that game in Kansas City. And he made more than a couple of mistakes at the end of the first half and in the second half and then in overtime. And I give Joe Burrow and the Bengals credit. They were able to take advantage of those mistakes. It hasn't been built up like that yet, I guess because we've seen more of it from Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes in the regular season and in the playoffs. Let me throw one more thing out there. Go ahead. That guy, Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. that sharpshooter, mm-hmm. I remember last year him going up to Buffalo, New York. Playing Josh Allen at home. He did win the Winter Olympics that day, yes. And he outplayed yes, he Josh did. Allen as well. There's no doubt. But like I said, I, I disagree. this weekend, mm-hmm. Josh Allen, I hope he un- – I know he understands this. Yeah. There's so much that can happen for his career by winning this game. That is true. Against Patrick Mahomes in a playoff at home and advancing to the AFC Championship. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm. Got you all choked up there, huh? All choked up. Oh, man. Got some, te- choked up. got some tears in your eyes, huh? <laughs> <laughs> With another opportunity to try to get to a Super Bowl in which Patrick Mahomes stopped that first opportunity right. back in 2019, I believe. Okay. We're 2020. Gonna, one yeah, of you. Yeah. 2020. Okay. We're going to say Harry some water, and we hear from you right now, Freddie and Harry at 888-729-3776. The Lord well, is my shepherd. I shall you, not want. But in this case, you shall want some water. Let's put it that way. <laughs> is Mahomes versus Allen the best robbery in the National Football League? I say yes. Harry says, uh-uh. He says it's Mahomes versus Burrow. What do you have to say? 888-729-3776 and be heard on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Ed in the great state of Wisconsin, EZE. What you got, my man? What's going on, fellas? What's going on? Hey, for one, let's stop it all. I'm from Kansas City, raised in Kansas City. It's not a robbery until you do something big. And if I look at it, I don't care what your record is. I got a, we got two championships under Patrick Mahomes. We got two MVPs under Patrick Mahomes. Now you can beat us here and there, but it's really going to be frustrating to everybody. But I saw Harry this morning. He showed pick Kansas City to win this game. (laughs) So that's what I'm going to tell you. Kansas City going to win this thing. And I'm not going to say we're going to win the Super Bowl, but we're going. And that's what's going to shock everybody because this year is the year if you was going to get them, you should have got them. Because if you don't get them this year, when are you going to get them? 
We got yeah. a nice receiver. We're gonna get another couple of little small young young receivers next year, and somebody to catch the ball. If we catch the ball, realistically, it's probably three games that we should have put on our win, in, in the win the record. So it's not a robbery. Okay, he makes a very compelling point about look, the, it's Mahomes. Everybody, I, I got to stay on my p's and q's. I got to make sure I'm always sharp. My boy uh, Ed is watching your that's boy. Right. Yeah, exactly. And he's listening. Well, put it this way. And yeah. I picked Patrick Mahomes. And, and let me tell the people why I'm picking Kansas City. I right want to hear this, especially when you said the robberies Burrow and Mahomes. I can't wait to hear this. I don't know the status of Taron Johnson, that which would be a huge loss. Mm-hmm. For Buffalo defensively. I also don't know the status of Terrell Bernard, who's first in tackles on their team. I can't trust A.J. Klein trying to guard Travis Kelsey on a deep over route like I just watched on film Terrell Bernard do in the first matchup that they played. Mm -hmm. So two two key defensive players for for the Buffalo Bills. Right. In which I don't know if I trust their backups being able to get it done at the level that they're able to get it done. Yeah, you can get that done against Mason Rudolph, the third string quarterback for Pittsburgh. Nah, those guys, whatever they've been able to figure out, and they've had that time to do that. If Rasheed Rice was able to go white hot like that against Miami, that's a guy that you got to worry about. Which means that everything else could be predicated on the defensive injuries now the Buffalo Bills and maybe their quarterback having to overcome that if they're not able to slow down or even stop Kansas City, even though they're playing that game in Buffalo. Heath in Florida, I believe Mahomes versus Josh Allen's the best rival in the NFL. Harry says it's Mahomes versus Joe Burrow. Heath in Florida, what do you got to say, my friend? For Josh Allen, it's it's Mahomes. It, it has to be. That is his Achilles heel. You know, when you look at Kansas City, when they played them, Allen got them. But they were also without Pachenko. Now you add him with losing three or four on the defensive side of the Bills, white hot rice, this game's over before it's even played. The Chiefs dropped the passes, yes. But Allen turns the ball over. Which one would you rather have? That's so I, the question. I, I would say this Great about question. that about that matchup because one of the things I did notice on film too is that the Kansas City Chiefs offensively they had some runs there, but Clyde Edwards Hilaire just didn't see certain you know areas yeah. of where he probably should have stayed on the track. Sure, uh, uh, or you know. Where the offensive line had created those avenues and lanes. Right, hasn't if been in there enough compared if, to Isaiah Pacheco. If that's Isaiah Pacheco, I know what that play is going to turn into. But I, overall, I think it's going to be a phenomenal game. Um, and I, I, I want to see a thriller, Freddie. I really do. I think you're probably going to see one because it seems that every time these two get together, it's a one-score game, whether it's in the playoffs or in the regular season. The only time that didn't happen was the first time they played an AFC Championship game. Buffalo was feeling their sea legs a little bit early, but then Kansas was able to run away and hide away from them. It was a much tougher game than that final score, but that's been the only game involving the last three seasons. That was more than a one-score game between the Buffalo Bills and Kansas City. And look, and, I, and I'll say this about Josh Allen in the offense – there were times where the Kansas City defense were 99% right, mm-hmm. but that 1%, Josh Allen is just so dang good. Absolutely. He made them not right. Yeah. One thing with Josh Allen, because you talk about that, his ability to make those kind of plays because he's so big and strong, not just from the arm standpoint, but the way he runs the football. Mm-hmm. I thought, other than that one run where Pittsburgh made business decisions when he scored that 52-yard touchdown run, there were plenty of times they got in the pocket – they weren't trying to strip the ball. or try, They just grabbed him yep. and held on, and then the referee would blow the whistle. If you're going to grab Josh Allen, just grab him. And this way, let the referees decide that and make sure that you're not trying to avoid the kill shot and worry about roughing the pass and all those kind of things. When they got close, like Highsmith, he just grabbed him, and the referee blew the whistle. That may be the best way to make sure his escapability does not come into play 
like we've seen from Josh Allen. By the way, that game, 6.30 Eastern time. Catch that game on CBS on Sunday, part of the divisional playoff weekend in the National Football League. Edwin in Texas, thanks for hitting us up on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio at 888-729-3776. We're getting part three between Mahomes and Allen. I think that's the best rivalry in the NFL. Harry says it's Mahomes and Burrow in Cincinnati. Easy, Ed, what you got to say? Man, I'm going with Harry, bro. All day because he hit all the marks. Look, Joe Burrow's already led his team to the Super Bowl. Could have easily have won that. Josh Allen got to get there first, baby. I mean, it is easily Mahomes and um, Burrow. Now, I like what the previous caller said. Yeah, it is more important to Josh Allen to beat Patrick Mahomes. But I think if I'm Mahomes, I'm looking like, yo, I got the kid in Cincinnati. It's me and him for the next 15 years. Well, it's going to be it's going to be Mahomes, Burrow, and Allen for the next ten to fifteen years, well, and Lamar Jackson. and Lamar Jackson. You cannot leave <laughs> either one of those dudes out of that conversation. And I get it what you had to say about Allen not getting there, but that's not the only necessary deal breaker to me when it comes to a rivalry because we've seen so many compelling games involving these two guys, meaning Mahomes and Allen, more than we've seen that from Mahomes and Burrow, and they got compelling games as well. Even Burrow's been able to beat Josh, been able to beat Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs in the regular season, just like he beat Josh Allen in the regular season of the playoffs. So you can make that case for him. But anytime those two get together, Mahomes and Allen, it just feels different. It just feels more special to me. Let Let's say C.J. Stroud beats Lamar Jackson this weekend. Are, is he is he in that group too? He just got here. Well, that's Damn, what I'm saying, but shook the table Devin today. King. I know he's just, he, he just, just got, got here, here. But if he, he beats still Lamar, got, he still got Similac. If he, beats he just La- got here. If he beats Lamar on the road, you got to put him in that category Not too. Not yet. He just he got here. But, I don't know. But check this out, man, though, Freddie. Oh man, because this wouldn't just be no any old team that C.J. Stroud is beating. I get this it. This is. The one of the top defenses in the National Football League, mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, MVP award winner. I understand. If CJ Stroud goes out there and he, he just, outperforms Lamar and he, he cuts just, that defense up left and right, got here. We got some conversations he's a, he's, to talk he, about. He's barely a rookie. He's a wookie. He just got here. What a cut to see. And I was CJ here in three games. Yeah. I'm a CJ Stroud fan. There's no doubt about that. I was a CJ Stroud fan at the draft last year, and I said, man, I think that guy's going to be really, really good. Didn't Nobody expected this. Even CJ Stroud said, I'm as surprised as anybody, but I believed in myself. That I could be a really good quarterback, no matter what other people are saying about me. But oh, let's let's well, we, let's we take a thought, ride in the chill bus, Devin Kane, a little bit. We thought Trevor Lawrence was going to be able to be in this conversation, but he can't be consistent. Yeah. We thought Justin True. Herbert was going to be in this conversation. Mm. He's blowing twenty point leads. Well, in his playoff coach, games. his coach has failed him as well. Oh, of let's course, put that in there too. Of mm. course, yeah. But it's those four quarterbacks with Patrick Mahomes being the head. I have Joe Burrow right underneath him. Mm-hmm. Listen. We could be having a different conversation right now, and I know if it was a fifth, we'll all be drunk. And I like tequila, ladies and gentlemen. I've never been drunk, though, but I'll be tipsy. But if Joe Burrow was healthy this season, we would be having another conversation right about now. With the Cincinnati Bengals. I, I promise you we would. Yeah, yeah, you know me. I fear the known and leave the unknown alone, but I'm not going to say you're wrong with that because Joe Burrow is that kind of difference maker. Yep. Just like Amar Jackson in Baltimore, just like Josh Allen in Buffalo, and just like Patrick Mahomes Agreed. in Kansas City. <laughs> Brent in Virginia, I believe that Mahomes versus Allen is the best rival in the NFL. Harry believes it's Mahomes versus Burrow. Brent, where do you stand? Uh, for the sake of the conversation, I think it's – I do think it's – Mahomes and Allen. Okay. Um, but the Lamar slander, and I'm going to call it slander, like that matchup between Lamar 
and C.J. Stroud should be talked about just as much as Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. Like, we're talking about the MVP of the league and probably the offensive rookie MVP of the league. That is compelling. That's the next 10 to 15 years of football. Well, I hope you're right, but here's why, in my opinion, why hasn't that gotten that kind of love? Because we've never seen it before. We've never seen it. If you had told anybody before the season got started that the Houston Texans would be in the playoffs, they would have had you drug tested. There's no doubt about that. So I understand we're not, I'm not, I've never slandered Lamar Jackson in any way. I've hated when people pulled that nonsense on him. Not accurate enough, too much an athlete to play quarterback. I push back on that nonsense constantly ever since he got into the draft. But I'm not going to put Lamar Jackson and C.J. Stroud meeting for the first time in the playoffs and putting that on the same line with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. I haven't seen it yet. Now, if I see it over and over again, absolutely that conversation, that narrative is going to change. But anytime I've seen Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen get together or Patrick Mahomes play Joe Burrow, it's always compelling. I want to see if that's going to be the case because as terrific as C.J. Stroud was against, quote-unquote, the best defense in the National Football League, those bros in Baltimore, they got a good window to say, you ain't doing that to us. When you ain't you ain't treating us like redheaded stepchildren on our home field, like you did to Cleveland on your home field. You ain't doing that to us. And if he does it, then that narrative is going to change. We haven't seen it yet between Lamar Jackson and C.J. Stroud. So until that actually happens, there's no way I'm going to talk about that as much as a trilogy involving Josh Allen and Patrick and Patrick Mahomes. And Freddie, for that matchup versus the Houston Texans and the Baltimore Ravens this weekend. What I want to see from C.J. Stroud, basic things off of what I've seen from the first matchup. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, I understand uh, after game 17 and one playoff game under his belt, the team is different and C.J. Stroud is different. But what I witnessed with my eyes is that the pressure that the Baltimore Ravens were able to bring in that first matchup, it got home at times, right? It disrupted mm-hmm. some things for the Houston Texans and vice versa. It was the same thing with the Houston Texans bringing safety blitzes and Absolutely. you know disrupting things for the Baltimore Ravens. But I'm excuse C.J. Stroud right now from this conversation and talk about Lamar for about one minute. Go ahead. If Lamar Jackson has an opportunity mm-hmm. to win a Super Bowl, Lamar Jackson has to be talked about in a whole nother light because There's he would no have won a Super Bowl and two MVPs. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All the things you're saying are correct. If you're Lamar Jackson, you can't lose to C.J. Stroud over the weekend then. No. This is the best offense you've had since you've been in the National Football League. When you got your bag of money, and deservedly so, although the way the NFL tried to make him run around it was ridiculous, but he got his money, and he told them, you put weapons around me, watch me work. And Baltimore said, yeah, you got your money, watch what we do. They drafted Zay Flowers. Rashad Bateman stayed healthy. Didn't have a case of the dropsies. Mark Andrews, before he got injured, one of the most underrated players in the National Football League, when he got injured, Lively was able to step up and make those kind of plays. And Lamar Jackson was cooking people. In a six-day period, he combined for over 90, 90 points against the 49ers on the road and then the Miami Dolphins. I think they just scored again against Miami. So, yeah, but you can't lose to C.J. Stroud in the Houston Texans over the weekend at home as a number one seed. Because the last time he was the number one seed, they played the Tennessee Titans. And he didn't play well. Derrick Henry had a field day. Absolutely. Too. So if he's going to make sure that he doesn't get slided again, don't lose to a rookie quarterback. No matter how terrific C.J. Stroud has been for the Houston Texans. No. Because I don't hear any excuses. You can save those combat stories as far as that goes. If you can't find a way with the best offense you've had since being in the National Football League as a two-time MVP, and you let a rookie quarterback come in your building, eat your food, and put their feet on your bed, then you know Lamar Jackson, you're going to have to deal with that slander, whether you like it or not.
Either way, it's going to be good. Divisional playoff weekend. I can't wait. I can't wait. Those All four of those games. In the AFC, you got Baltimore versus Houston and Kansas City versus Buffalo. And in the NFC, Detroit taking on Tampa Bay and San Francisco taking on Green Bay. And don't forget, NFL Divisional Weekend Saturday. It gets everything started. The Baltimore Ravens hosting the Houston Texans. Game begins at 4.30 Eastern time on ESPN, ABC, and ESPN+. Plus. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry. And two is the magic number. When it comes to Bill Belichick and his new job, this is ESPN Radio and ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. He's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance and Sirius XM Channel 80 and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. So two could be the magic number when it comes to Bill Belichick and his new job after moving away from the New England Patriots after 24 years. According to Ian Rappaport of NFL Media, Bill Belichick is going to have a second interview with the fighting Harry Douglases of the Atlanta Falcons over the weekend. He met with Arthur Blank, the owner, previously on Monday night. This seems like it's all the makings of a press conference in about a week and a half announcing, and I'm sure Harry Douglas probably be there in full effect <laughs> with his black jersey on from back in the day when he played with Roddy White and all those dudes. This is all the makings of Bill Belichick, and that's going to be his next line of work, being the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, and Arthur Blank and Rich McKay, uh, those guys, I feel like they're going to make what they feel like is the right decision for the organization. Um, when, when you look at Bill Belichick and you look at the Falcons organization, and I can't, and, and it dawned on me, Freddie, uh, the last time the Atlanta Falcons beat the New England Patriots was in 1998. You want to yeah. know who the, who the head coach was for the Patriots at that time? Who was it? Pete Carroll. Oh, good lord! So <laughs> while Bill Belichick, in under his tenure being the head coach for the New England Patriots, the Falcons organization, they've never beat them. They're 0-7 versus Bill Belichick. So uh, on top of seeing what transpired in a Super Bowl, Mm -hmm. having success, Bill Belichick being able to draft players, you know, I'm not talking about the last four years, but I'm talking about Mm -hmm. when they were winning at a high level, being able to draft players that, you know, had red flags coming out in college. Right. And being able to get the best out of those players or taking a veteran guy in which a lot of people thought their career was over and revitalizing their career and showcasing people that, hey, these guys can still play. All those things are in the back of the mind of a guy like Arthur Blank, mm-hmm. right? And, right? And I think moving forward for the Falcons organization, he just wants to win and he wants to win now. And I, c- I can't sit here and blame him for going with a guy that had 24 years at one organization 
your organization never beat and went 0-7 against while he was the head coach there. But he also, and Bill Belichick, won six Super Bowls. And he was able to get the best out of players in high regards in which it led to success. Now, I know he had Tom Brady, people. You don't have to tweet me, oh, but he had Tom Brady. I know he had Tom Brady. We get it. Hell, I played against him. Mm-hmm. He was a nightmare. I get it. <laughs> but we can't diminish the the attention to detail, the love for the game, how Bill Belichick always thinks outside the box when it comes to preparing for football and, you know, preparing his his players as well. You can't ignore that. Arthur Blank is going to be 82 years of age later on this year on September 27th. To your point about not waiting, if you believe you are a coach and quarterback away and Bill Belichick is out there, you'd be a fool not to at least talk to him. And he was not going to be a fool because he wanted Bill Belichick. The minute that Bill Belichick became available, someone along the lines of Arthur Blank is saying, man, I know that guy has not forgotten how to coach football. I know that that guy has not forgotten how to motivate guys. Now, there are going to have to be some tweaks that Bill Belichick is going to have to make. He can't bring the Patriot way and think that's going to work down in Peachtree way with the Atlanta Falcons. He's going to have to make those kind of adjustments. But a guy like him that has had a strong will and a strong won't, I believe that's going to be the case because this Falcons team, they do have talent on both sides of the football. Mm -hmm. The defense is not that bad. On the offensive side, if you had a quarterback – your quarterback costs your team at least four or five games. They win those four or five games instead of being a 6-11, and 7-10 and 10 team. They win the division, get a home playoff game. Who knows what could have happened? That means that Arthur Blank's not looking at Bill Belichick. If you believe you're a coach and quarterback away, at least he's been able to fill half of that menu to put on his plate by getting a Bill Belichick. You don't have a second interview with Bill Belichick and go, nah, we're good. We're going to get the offensive coordinator from somewhere. If you're bringing in Bill Belichick for a second interview, to me, that's all about crossing T's and dotting eyes, and him being the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons sooner than later. I thought it was unique today while on Get Up, um, listening to Adam Scheffner and how he talked about previously how Arthur Blank wanted to bring in Joe Gibbs, and he wasn't able to get him. Mm-hmm. At one point, he wanted to have a guy named Bill Parcells, but he wasn't able to get him. And I believe he also said the name Nick Saban. Well, if I'm looking at the proof in the pudding – Both of those guys were tied to Bill Belichick at some point within their career. Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, also on the ESPN app. You mentioned Adam Schefter, and we can maybe tie this in potentially with Bill Belichick, who may be sooner than later the Atlanta Falcons' new head coach replacing Arthur Smith. According to Schefter, ESPN NFL insider, the Chicago Bears are expected to interview Cliff Kingsbury the same man that coached Patrick Mahomes in college at Texas Tech, didn't have a great time being the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, and was an offensive consultant for USC football this past season. According to Adam Schefter, he's expected to interview for the Chicago Bears offense coordinator job. Ha! So in other words, Justin Fields, get those boxes packed and get those U-Haul numbers to put in your cell phone because that's what's going to be the case. You are not going to bring in a guy to interview him and you hire him to not draft Caleb Williams number one overall. Which begs the question now, Harry Douglas, what are you willing to give up for the Atlanta Falcons? And you hire Bill Belichick, and potentially Justin Fields is out there that could be a quarterback that needs that kind of guidance, that kind of coaching, and having offensive weapons at running back with B. John Robinson, at wide receiver with Drake London, and also Pitts as your tight end when it comes to the Atlanta Falcons. Second rounder. That's all Second it takes? Second rounder, okay. yeah. Second rounder, I would say. Now, it might be some other little pieces that you have to go 
you know, but you know, that's not my expertise. I, I can't get into into the weeds when it comes to, you know, all the pieces that the Atlanta Falcons would have to get into with the right. Chicago Bears. But I'm saying that the the main piece, the staple of of, of, of that trade, in my opinion, would be a second rounder okay. from the Atlanta Falcons going to the Chicago Bears. And we also gotta note that Cliff Kingsbury is a senior offensive analyst and quarterbacks coach at USC Southern California. Mm-hmm. Well, you talk about a damn package deal, mm-hmm. a package deal's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know Cliff Kingsbury can dial up plays as an offensive coordinator. We saw what he did in college when he was at Texas at Patrick Mahomes, at times he did at Arizona Cardinals. By the way, they got better each and every year with him and Kyler Murray before everything flamed out in 2022. Although I thought Cliff Kingsbury probably should not have been a head coach. That was a, I don't know what kind of hire that was by Arizona Cardinals, but they made that hire because they wanted to bring Kyler Murray in as the first-round pick, as an overall first-round pick, and who could coach that kind of offense led by Kyler Murray. If they're going to have the same kind of principles with this offense, then what is it going to be like for Justin Fields? Because to me, he's still a commodity. I I firmly believe he can be a successful quarterback. I saw what he was able to do the final eight, nine games of this regular season for the Chicago Bears. And many people still wonder if that's the kind of quarterback you need for your kind of offense. Every time I saw him make plays down the stretch, Harry, as a Jets fan, a little piece of me died inside because you'd be doing that for my football team. But they drafted Zach Wilson instead. If you're an Atlanta Falcons team and a native Georgian that Justin Fields is, and you put him with that offense, that offensive line, and Bill Belichick, and all this is going to cost you as a second-round pick, that may be the choice you should make instead of really starting over with a young quarterback at that point in the draft in the first round if you're the Atlanta Falcons. Well, here's the thing when it comes to Justin Fields because you know part of the issue when he was in Chicago – Right when it came to coordinators, is that they didn't utilize him in his skill set in the proper manner. Mm-hmm. Um, I also thought when you see a guy like Justin Fields, you need to get to know him inside out so you can be the best for him when you're calling plays and you're designing things for the offensive system. I think it's imperative wherever Justin Fields uh, Fields goes, uh, go if he's not in Chicago anymore, in which it's looking like that way. Right. Um, that you have someone that can exercise everything in you from the quarterback position and understands you through and through. That 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 young man has to go through your tape of your good. He has to go through your tape of your bad. He has to tap into when you was at Ohio State and what you did great and what you did bad mm-hmm. and have the best plan for you and that offensive system so Justin Fields can thrive and also the offense can thrive. If anybody's going to be able to do that for Justin Fields, it's the guy who's about to be the Atlanta Falcons head coach and Bill Belichick. Because Bill Belichick studies players. He knows what but can Freddie, make you I tick. I, I mean, but okay. Bill Belichick didn't make the greatest decisions now when it came to Mac. And I understand mm-hmm. Justin Fields isn't Mac Jones. Absolutely. But he didn't make the greatest decisions when it came to Mac Jones. Well, that's something that whatever – believe me, if Bill Belichick – now, if when he gets a, a job as the Atlanta Falcons head coach – He's going to bring a guy called Josh McDaniels okay. who's going to make that work. It's not going to be Bill O'Brien. Let's look at it this way. You brought up Mac Jones. They couldn't get the best out of him because there was nothing there. Maybe that was the case of Mac Jones. They have four years of doing that. The rookie year, they really kind of tell the offense to run the football and not have to make those kind of mistakes, True make story, a throw here point. and there. They were 10-7, to 7, got to the playoffs, and then they got the, the chocolate beaten out of them by the Buffalo Bills. They were done to a lot of teams that day. But it seemed that he constantly regressed. And Bill Belichick did not help him. Especially the Josh McDaniels to the Raiders job. They had to replace. And he brought in Matt Patricia and Joe Judge to coach offense. They had never done that before. Then he tried to fix it when it came to Bill O'Brien. Maybe Mac Jones was past the point of being fixed. 
and we found that out in 2023. At least with a Justin Fields, you bring in a Josh McDaniels. I know he can dial the plays. Don't hire him as a head coach when it comes to Josh McDaniels. Well, yeah, we, we that's already been proven. Uh, also, mm-hmm. Matt Patricia. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't know for Matt Patricia and what the inability of what he was able to do with the Detroit Lions, and then what he wasn't able to do after taking over for play call duties defensively for the for the Philadelphia Eagles. Right. I don't think he's the hottest commodity right now. No doubt. No doubt. He, he should not be a commodity, but that's just me. <laughs> Tory Johnson hit us on Twitter at Coleman ESPN and at HDogs83 about the Bears interviewing Cliff Kingsbury, the senior offensive assistant and former NFL head coach. He was that senior offensive assistant for USC, which means they're more than likely drafting Caleb Williams number one. Tory says, hmm, Cliff Kingsbury failed everywhere he's been, and Caleb Williams was better the season before he arrived. But hell, why not? It's not as if there's successful candidates out there. <laughs> I, listen, I'll be honest with you. I don't. I don't like it. I don't like it either. I don't like it for I'm the Chicago you. Bears. I don't like it either. I, I really don't. But but they might be in a situation where they can't get a guy that's over the top from an offensive coordinator standpoint. Absolutely. Because we don't know the longevity of what Matt Eberflus is going to be. Absolutely. So why would someone want to hitch their wagon to a guy that could potentially be out next year? So now you're looking for a job. Yeah, no doubt. But put it, if you're Cliff Kingsbury, you may be a lot safer than Matt Eberflus because you have been mm-hmm. brought in specifically if you get the job and they draft Caleb Williams to coach him up because you guys have been together with USC. If anything, his job status might be a lot safer for the Chicago Bears than anything else. Coach Doc in Houston, he wants to win in the Bears. Maybe having Caleb Williams and Cliff Kingsbury together if Cliff Kingsbury is going to get the offensive coordinator job for the Chicago Bears at 888-729-3776. Coach Doc, hit it. Guys, what's going on? How y'all doing? I'm sorry. I've been busy with these kids, and I ain't, I ain't had a chance to call into the show. It's quite all but right. But I'm, I'm, I'm calling in today, man. I'm listening to you guys, man. And – and I'd like to get your opinion on this because I really believe this. Because I thought they should have – I'm talking about the Bears. They should have hired uh, John Harbaugh – I mean, Jim Harbaugh and let him pick the quarterback, let him pick – you know, build the organization back up. But now I think they've set their organization back about maybe four to five years because this is what I believe. I believe that the uh, Detroit Lions, they're not going anywhere. I believe Green Bay, they're ahead of schedule, and they're not going anywhere. And believe it or not, Minnesota, they got a coach that can really, really coach, Mm -hmm. and he just got to get a few more players. They're not going to go anywhere. Chicago has just set themselves back by sticking with the hire that they already have and not letting a Superman, basically I call Jim Harbaugh Superman, let him come in and, and restructure things. And this is what I think. I think Jim Harbaugh is either going to go to Philadelphia or he's going to go to Atlanta. And, oh, boy, look out. <laughs> so, C- Coach Doc, man, number one, let me say this. I hate that I was in Houston for four or five days and I didn't connect to you. So make sure, man, you yeah. give Shannon your information so I know when I'm in Houston, man, I can come holler and talk to your kids. So uh, that that's number one. That's I, I, cool. I hate we weren't able to connect in that way, but we will in the future. Uh, number two, Coach Doc, for Jim Harbaugh, I was saying the Chicago Bears was the job that I th- I thought best fit him. Mm-hmm. I've been saying it for mm-hmm. the longest. Mm-hmm. And when the Chicago Bears decided that they were going to continue with Matt Eberflus, mm-hmm. even though they had a lot of success late in the season and you've seen that promise and the team didn't derail, I thought 
when you have a guy like Jim Harbaugh that can show you that he can win instantly, show you that he can win from a uh, uh, a building standpoint, right? And the way he's able to connect with the young mind that's in today's game, I thought that should have been been the guy. On top of you drafted him, yeah. He's you. played within your organization previously. Yeah, the Bears were determined that Matt Eberflus was going to be their guy come hella high water. Yep. That's why they're going to draft Kayla Williams and more than likely hire Cliff Kingsbury as the offensive coordinator so he can coach the lad. Thank you very much. He's Harry Douglas and Freddie coming together on Freddie and Harry. We talk about pressure on quarterbacks when it comes to Josh Allen in Buffalo, Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, Lamar Jackson, the Baltimore Ravens. But this quarterback probably has more pressure than any of those guys. Keep it here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. With Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry on the ESPN app, Sirius X and Channel 80, and I always tell you, smart speaker, to play ESPN Radio. I can't wait to see what this is going to look like on Saturday night when the San Francisco 49ers and Purdy, Brock Purdy, take on Jordan Love Saturday and the Green Bay Packers. Harry, we talk about pressure on quarterbacks when it comes to Josh Allen in Buffalo, Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. That pressure is going to be there. Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens. For my money, he may have the most pressure on anybody when it comes to the quarterback position this weekend because so many people have said it's the system that makes Brock Purdy, not Brock Purdy making the system in San Francisco. And I would say for all of those people that feel that way, I don't think it's pressure on Brock Purdy. Because if you feel like it's the system, just go out there, Brock. Util- <laughs> okay. util- utilize your weapons. Uh-huh. Protect the football. That's funny. Make the plays when they present themselves. Bottom line. Point blank peer for Brock Purdy going into this ballgame. That's pretty funny. You know, if you think it's the system, <laughs> then okay, then there's no pressure on Brock Purdy. <laughs> but we know there is going to be that pressure. Especially when you see a guy on the other side. The last time we saw Jordan Love, what he did to the Cowboys defense yep. on the road in Dallas. And looking as comfy and as snugly as you want a guy for the first time ever playing in a playoff game, looking like that and playing like that. If Jordan Love goes out there and he has anywhere near what they were able to do against the Dallas Cowboys, I can't even imagine what that's going to look like on the other side because it becomes a firefight. And based on these quarterbacks' talents, you have to automatically assume and believe that the firefight winner is going to be more Jordan Love for Green Bay than Purdy, Brock Purdy for San Francisco. See, I, I think for Kyle Shanahan and also Brock Purdy, going into this ball game, if I'm at Matt LaFleur and, I, and I'm coaching up my defense, um, I'm telling these guys the number one priority is that we got to take away the middle of the football field. Well, let me say this. The number one priority is that we got to stop the run mm-hmm. and we got to tackle well. Yeah, because absolutely. Because we, we do understand the run after the catchability of these skill position players, these weapons that Brock Purdy has at his disposal. Now, secondly, I would also say when it comes to the pass game, you got to take away the middle of the football field. And if you're able to do some of those things and 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 play at a high level in those regards when it comes to those things I just mentioned, then you give yourself an opportunity. And I think offensively for Green Bay, you got to remain balanced. You can't be one-dimensional against this pass rush. The best pass rush team in the National Football League since acquiring Chase Young mm. is the San Francisco 49ers. There are so many different dudes that they can use along that front line and have so many interchangeable matchup problems that they can present to an offensive line. But Green Bay has shown the more and more they put the ball in Jordan Love's hands, the better and better it's been. And now getting Aaron Jones back to, to your point, you use that word balance. Mm-hmm. We've seen that you can make some plays on the 49ers, even when they won games. But definitely like the Baltimore Ravens did it on that Monday night where they're making plays all over the field. We're going to use the word big 
when it comes to the Cowboys head coach and their quarterback. Pause effect next on Freddie and Harry. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.